Good evening, friends. Very happy to be here. Thanking God for the opportunity of being here, for his mercy, for all that he has did for us. We pray that the meeting will leave a, an attribute that the revival will never cease until Jesus Christ comes again. That is our deep, sincere prayer. May the Lord bless each one of you richly and give to you the exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could do or think. May the Lord give it to you, is my sincere prayer. And I, I was kind of watching, that's all right, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm not shy of cameras, but the reason they don't ask them not to take it after the healing service starts. Now, any other night would have been all, see, now that's all right, take as many as you wish. I'm, anybody thinks enough of me to take a picture of me, well, I'll, that's all right. <laughs> I appreciate that. But sometimes when the meeting's going on, when the prayer line is moving, you see, that's the thing. Uh, the angel of the Lord, when he comes near, it's a light. Now, I watch it flash sometimes over the audience, you see, and, and a camera sometimes disturbs me. See, when I see that same type of flash, I, I look, you see, to watch where he's moving. He'll leave me and go out there in the audience, and I watch him stand over someone. It's just like a light. When a light flashes like that, that kind of upsets me a little, you see, when it's not him. But uh, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> if the good Lord willing, we're going over to... Uh, Battle Creek. How long we'll be there, I don't know. That'll be up to God. Anywhere from one night until Jesus comes, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a set meeting. And whenever he says go, we may be there one night, we may be there two nights, we may be there five nights, we may be there five weeks. I don't know. I never intend to have any routine, drawn out, set out, just what the Lord leads, that's what we do. See, I think that's better. I've already found that it's better. But I do want to say this, with all my heart, I trust that God will let me come back to Chicago to unite with you grand bunch of Christian people for a revival for months to come. I, be, I pray that he will. Will you be praying to that end, that we can get an auditorium somewhere, that it won't be just two or three nights, just so we can set it for weeks or whatever it is, and from that one to another, and way the Lord leads. I've always wanted to come to Chicago. And the great respects of great man, Moody, Paul Rader, and many others, in the days before our ministry. And I, Chicago really hasn't had a shaking since then. That's right. And it really needs a shaking, and it takes, the, it takes the supernatural to do it. That's right. And so if the good Lord would happen to tell me to come to Chicago like he's sending me to, to India, then he'll do it. But if I come within myself, I'd miss it, you see. That's my way. But God's way is a different way. God does all things perfect. Anything that man does, any covenant or anything else that man enters in with the God, he always breaks it. But when God does it, it's his grace, it's his power. See, God always, in the Garden of Eden, he told man, he made a covenant with man not to eat of that tree, but they did it anyhow. But then after that, he said, I will put enmity, see, I will. That covenant doesn't break. That's what God did, you see. And he turned man and women back to the dust of the earth from where they come. They go right back. 
and someday he's promised to redeem that again to its original state, he'll do it. Uh, and God will do it. And that's what we're all striving for, for the good of salvation to lost souls. And now, I wish to and sick bodies, I may say, I believe the full gospel is both for soul and body. And I don't believe now, someone was talking here not long ago, said, Brother Branham, do you tell me that you believe that divine healing is in the atonement? I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, and it happened to be a good Baptist brother of mine. He said, do you mean, said, Brother Branham, if divine healing is in the atonement, where do you allow it? To Isaiah? I said, yes, sir. He said, oh, no. So I can prove that's wrong. I said, all right. He said, Isaiah prophesied he took our infirmities and so wounded for our transgressions and with his stripes. said, in Matthew 8, it says that he took on himself our infirmities to fulfill that which is spoke of. said, he fulfilled it then. I said, my brother. If he did that to fulfill what Isaiah said, he fulfilled the atonement before the atonement was made, a year and six months before he ever died or bled for the atonement. See? No. <laughs> I said, then what, after that, what did Peter, James, and John and all the rest of them heal by after that? What was that in? said, they were just twelve chosen. I said, now, brother, <laughs> just twelve given that power. I said, oh, no. I said, you think Philip was one of them? Was he one of the apostles? No, sir. He was a deacon. And he went out to Samaria and he healed the sick and devils screamed and they had a real revival. Is that right? He wasn't one of the twelve. That's right. And Jesus on his last commission said to all the world with it. That's right. So he said, well, if they were, look here, Brother Branham. said, if you teach divine healing in the atonement, he said, there would be no more pain. There is no pain if you teach divine healing in the atonement. I said, now, nah. I said, you believe salvation's in the atonement? Yes. I said, is there temptation? Yeah. Is there temptation? Oh, yes, you can be temptation, but his grace is sufficient. I said, yes, there's pain, but his grace is sufficient. And that's right. <laughs> his grace is sufficient. So it's strange how smart man can sometimes get off the track, isn't it? The other day I heard a man preaching, one of the most brilliant preachers, pretty near compared with Brother Baxter. <laughs> you see what I think of Brother Baxter? I think he's a real preacher. I believe you agree with me. That's right. And he had a very fine sermon, and then he got on divine healing. He said, sickness is of God. He said that no matter what we do, we must embrace sickness and say, oh, that's right, Lord. So that we spit dust in the devil's face. He said, when you have arthritis and rheumatism and things, say, I love you, arthritis, or so forth. The Lord gave it to me, you see. Oh, my. <laughs> I imagine, just to make a long story short, that same mind would get appendicitis, he'd go to the hospital and have it cut out. And if appendicitis is a blessing, why go have it cut out? Don't cut the blessing out, leave it alone. Go ahead and die with it. <laughs> okay. We see that that's wrong. See? Now, every one of them that says that rushes to the hospital as hard as he can when he gets sick. They get out here in an accident and break their leg or something, they're away at the hospital right quick. First thing you know, as soon as they get a little cramp in their stomach, call the doctor. Well, if it's a blessing, why do something to, then every medicine, every hospital, everything else, every remedy on the earth is a curse to God then. See? Wouldn't that be horrible? My. See? So, you can just get a little too far on either side of the road. Don't you believe so? I believe in an old-fashioned, godly, sent message right straight down through the middle of the road. The isms is on both sides. That's right. He said, there'll be a highway. A lot of people say, that's a highway of holiness. Uh-uh. 
The Bible said there shall be a highway and, and is a conjunction, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness, not the highway, the way of holiness. That's the middle of the road, the way and the highway. The Lord bless you. Brother Baxter just told me you'd taken an offering for me a few minutes ago, a love offering. Some of that is a portion of your living. Something that you was to live on yourself, something that God gave you, and you divided it with me. I love you for it. I thank you for it. And I pray that God will repay it to you a hundredfold. And I believe that he said in the scripture, insomuch as you have done unto the least, that would be me. Of my little ones, you have done it unto me. And may that blessing return. If you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive whatever. If you just receive one of these little ones, only in the name of the disciple, you'll not lose your reward. And now in that, what I have to have to make my living and just handkerchiefs and aprons and things that I send out and anoint thousands a week going all over the world. Now, I'll have to use some of it on that because there's not enough money comes in into my office there and letters to take care of it. It's an awful expense and I have to use that. Outside of that, I'll put it right over in missionary offering, go right straight to Africa and India where I have a vision to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the unsaved. And then at the day of rewards are giving out, God's standing out. I hope I'm standing near with my hands up screaming to see him place the crown upon your head and be crowned as his jewels in his kingdom. The Lord bless you now. We're glad to be here. God bless Brother Bose. And he tried faithfully. Now, you members here, I know you're not all members here, but he, he certainly did his part to get us to come here to Chicago. He went to expense, he called, he prayed, he, this little church went to prayer and everything to get us to come here for this purpose, that we might come to represent Jesus Christ to this community. A man and a church with that much sincerity, the community is indebted to visit them people and talk with them and pray with them. And it'll be their brothers and sisters, that's right. See, it wasn't for their good. It's for the good of the community and everybody around. Now, that's very nice. That's real Christian gentlemen. The Lord bless them richly is my prayer. And now, someday, if the Lord is willing, I will return to Chicago for a few months to hold a revival. Now, I was just waiting for the photographer, making those little remarks until he comes so they could get the picture before I broke in all my service. Now, while he's making ready, I suppose... Brother Baxter whispered to me, he and the boy there, and telling me to hold off just a few minutes on account of the... That's why I wanted to talk like this to you. And now, you pray for Brother Bose, for all these other ministers, and live true to your church. If you go to a real good gospel, full gospel church, you live just as true to God. You don't have to live true to the church. If you live true to God, you will be true to the church. See? We believe God is in his word. And the Word is in us. That makes God in us. Is that right? If I become a son of God, if I become a son of God, I am an offspring of God. I have a little blonde-headed girl sitting back there, six years old. She's my sweetheart. And you know what? You, you couldn't hurt that child without hurting me. <laughs> See, that's my baby. See, I love her. I got another little fellow home just about a little over a year old. She just trying to talk, and she really makes a try, <laughs> and she 
goo goo go go as hard as you can. Right? You couldn't you couldn't hurt that little child without hurting me. See, and if you lo- I'd rather you'd love that child than to love me. If there had to be love for one or the other, you love my child instead of me. And I think any fatherhood's like that. And what is fatherhood's attribute of God? Then if we be God's children, then God wants us to love one another. And doing so, we love God. Is that right? We love his church. All right. Are they just about? All right, sir. I guess they're... All right. I just... Waiting just a moment to get the the pictures taken for in there, you see, and going into the service. How many of you are expecting our Lord Jesus to do a great work with his people here tonight? Let's see your hand. How many of you are praying? Let's see your hand. Now, if you'll pray, if you'll pray and believe with all your heart just the simple story of the appearing of this supernatural one. And as I was trying to speak this afternoon, you will draw from it when you believe in it. Is that right? If Jesus was standing here, the Son of God, he could do no more for you than what he can right now when you believe When you believe it. Faith, if some of them come up to Jesus one time, do you believe he was a prophet? Well, they put a rag around his face one day and smote him on the head and said, if you be a prophet, tell us who who hits you, and then we'll believe you. Jesus didn't clown for no one. He had the will of the Father to do. But yet he stood and told a woman her sins. He told, you know, where's the fish that had a coin in its mouth? He knew where two mules was hitched, where two ways met. Is that right? See, he knew those things, but he didn't clown it for people. See, it was too divine. It's the Father's will. And now tonight, you might be sitting there just for curiosity and saying, well, brother, I, I just wish you'd turn around and tell me something. God will never do that. But you get real deeply sincere and say, Dear Lord, you know my condition. And that would help my faith so much if you just have our brother just turn around here and say something to me. Let it appear a vision by me that he'll tell me and, and let me see what's going to be my outcome and what my conditions is. Then our Heavenly Father will grant that to you. See, anywhere in the meeting. Any place. He'll do it. Be sincere. I can't make him. I can only ask him. Are you ready now? All right. Excuse me just a moment. <laughs> I said, I love them too. So that goes for all Chicago. The grace of God be on you all now. Now, it is my humble part in the ministry of Jesus Christ to pray for the sick people. I have uh, tried to be loyal to the heavenly vision and to do just as he told me to do. Now, tonight I want to read just a, uh, two or three places in the scripture here, and then we're going to start right in praying for the sick, because we're just a little late to get started, I guess. And um, so we're going to start right away, right now. In the fifth chapter of St. John, if you want to mark it down to the closing of our services, uh, and then I want to read um, also another, read a first few verses of that, and then I want to read over in John 16 again. And uh, upon, while you're 
getting your things ready, I want to ask you something. In Hebrews 13, 8, the Bible said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that's inspired? I believe that that is the truth, that at the judgment uh, day that God will see that that is the truth. God will stand behind what he says to be truth. Don't you believe it? All right. And now, let's just wonder what type of a person Jesus was. Now, I know we have some theological ideas and some painters as painted pictures, but let's not look at him in the picture form tonight, because we might not know. But let's look at him in his life, his spirit. So Jesus, when he comes back to earth again in his body form, it'll be way too late then for us to think anything about it. You believe that? We're going with him then, those that are ready. So now when we see him in body form, no matter whether he's a, a white man, a yellow man, a black man, brown man, whatever he is, he's my savior. Little man, a fat man, a thin man, he's my savior. See, I love him, I love him, and I love him with all my heart. And now, he, but what he was, it wasn't so much as the flesh, but the flesh was wonderful, it was virgin born. You believe that? I believe that Almighty God overshadowed the Virgin Mary and created a blood cell in the womb of Mary. The, the germ of life to the child comes from the male sex. We know that, don't we? Like a hen can lay an egg, but if she hasn't been with a male bird, it's not fertile. See, it won't hatch. The germ of life comes from the male. So the germ of life, in this case, come from Jehovah God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the great Creator. You believe that? And he created in the womb of this little virgin girl a blood cell that developed into the Son of the living God. He wasn't Jew, neither was he Gentile. He was God. See, did you ever think about that? The baby hasn't got one drop of the mother's blood in it. Did you know that? No, sir. A baby does not have any bit of its mother's blood. It has its father's blood, not its mother's. A, ba a mother can be dying with TB, and the baby can be taken from the mother, and it has to be contracted, you see. Anything that's in the bloodstream, see, because the blood comes from the male. And Jesus was the blood of God. If his blood was earthly, then it was no more than mine or yours. It comes through sexual desire. But his blood was the blood of his Father, which is the great Creator, Jehovah. Some fellow told me some time ago, he said, Brother Branham, he said, you don't really believe it. That, truth, that is the truth. It was a rancher I hunt with a whole lot out in Colorado. I said, yes, sir. I just met him. He said, look, he argued with me for about two hours. He said, you know that that's wrong. I said, no, sir, I don't. I know that's right. And he said, look, it's against all scientific research. He said, there's nothing. See, nothing can pull without, without, and nothing can bear without pulling like that. He said, even corn has to pull from the tussle and so forth. He said, everything. He said, it's against all scientific. I said, I don't care. I said, I've been in these museums like you got here in Chicago, and I think it's ridiculous. Go down there and say 225,000 years ago, man in Paris. <laughs> there wasn't a man on earth till 6,000 years ago. That's right. That's according to the Bible. 
and all that, that cave stuff, that's just something got up in somebody's head somewhere. There's not a bit of scripture to it. It's not, a, not right at all. And man never come from no serpent or monkey or nothing. He come from God. That's right. See? So that's just radical. It's a good thing you all can have it up here. Down on the southern line, we don't have it down there. We won't permit it. All right. But there you are. And all those things he said, look, preacher, he said, it's impossible, absolutely impossible. I said, sir, do you know there's nothing impossible with God? He said, I don't believe there is such a thing. And I said, oh, my. I said, how this creation come here? He said, just come here. I said, I guess then when you was born, the bed you're supposed to sit there and the chair you're supposed to be there. I said, I guess this watch just absolutely happened to be a watch. That's all there was to it. He said, oh, no, that's not sensible. I said, just as much sense as you're talking. I said, it's absolutely impossible for that watch to be its jewels, its regulation, everything. There had to be a mastermind behind it to put together. Is that right? Well, how much greater am I or you than that watch? See? So he's got to be a masterpiece behind it. Is that right? And he said, I said, I want to ask you a question and we'll quit arguing. I said, you say it's totally impossible for a baby to be born on this earth unless having an actual a father and a mother. He said, that's right. I said, you'll admit that Jesus, Mary, was his mother, but you say Joseph was his father, that he could not be born without having an actual earthly father through sex. He said, that's exactly right. I said, where did the first man come from? Who was his pappy and mammy? Let him be tadpole, serpent, or what you want to call him. According to your statement, he had to have both father and mother. He's never asked me to this day. <laughs> he can't. According to that, he had to have both father and mother. God the Creator made man. Amen. And man fell, and then God the Creator was revealed to us in his Son Christ Jesus, and he did the will of his Father. He went about doing good. Let's look what kind of a person he was now. We couldn't look for him. Uh, we read the Bible, and we find out what he looked like. He was a great person. What he has looked like, not in his physical makeup, but what he was in his spiritual makeup. He was the Son of God. And he went around and he healed the sick, the lame. Do you all believe he did that? Well, now, did he do it at his leisure? I thought I'd catch you on that, but it didn't. <laughs> Good teacher, brother. <laughs> no, he didn't. He said, it's not me that doeth the works, it's my Father. See, him being the Son of God did not claim to be a divine healer. Is that right? He said, it's the Father. No flesh glories before God. It was the Father that did it. Now let's read some scripture right here about him. And let's look back here in the Bible and see what type of a man he was. And then if he's the same yesterday, day, and forever, we'll look for that same type of person. Is that right? Personality is a spirit. Now watch. Now here he is in St. John 5, going up to the feast, of course. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In this league, great multitudes of impotent folk, listen, of blind, halt, withered, what a mass of humanity, waiting the moving of the water. For an angel came down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, whosoever then First, as the troubling of the pool stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity for thirty and eight years. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in this case. And he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered and said unto him, Sir, I have 
No man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another comes down and steps in before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man made, was made whole, took up his bed, and walked, and the same was the Sabbath days. And the Jews therefore said unto him that was carrying his bed, It is the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. I just watch the point just a moment now. Hold that part. Now, do you believe he was the Son of God, all of you? Amen. All right. Here he is, Emmanuel, God with us. And here he goes down to the sheep market now, which had five porches. If we had time to go into that lesson, the five porches, J-E-S-U-S, and the pool, the water, the light, so forth, where the sheep market was. But when Jesus passed through there, there was a great multitudes. Now, if I'm taught right, it takes 2,000 to make a multitude, and this was multitudes. Let's say, for instance, between five and 10,000 people, great multitudes of impotent folks. That's helpless, lean, halt, blind, withered. Wasn't that an awful mass of humanity? Look what kind of they were in. Lame, halt, blind, and withered, waiting for the troubling of the waters. For an angel came down at a certain season and troubled the water. Whosoever then, stepping in first, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now look, there laid a man out there on a pallet or a little cot that had an infirmity for thirty and eight years. Now, here comes Jesus coming down with this market. And as he passed through by the market, by the market, he goes down amongst these sick, crippled people. Do you believe he was kind-hearted? Do you believe he was loving? Do you believe he had compassion on the people? Then, why didn't he heal all those sick people there? But instead of that, he went by the blind man. He passed by the withered man. He passed by the crippled man. He passed by the spastic child. He went over to a man that had an infirmity. Let's say sugar diabetes. Something or other didn't. He'd had it 38 years. And he walked over to that man and knew now he had been a long time that way. And he said, "Will thou be made holy?" He said, "Sir, now, he wasn't. He wasn't crippled." He said, "While I'm coming down to the water, somebody can step in before me, and they get healed." Just only one at a time. Then the angel, they waited again for another season, maybe a month or whatever it was. For a certain season, he come down again. And he said, while I'm coming, someone else steps down ahead of me. And Jesus said, take up thy bed and go unto thy house. Go on. And walked right away and left that great crowd of people laying there, lame, blind, halt, withered, impotent. Is that scripture? Amen. Well, here it is. I'm reading right off of it. Walked right away from there. The Jews found him and questioned him. And the man that was carrying his bed, they questioned him. Now, when you go home, you read the whole chapter, you get the picture. To save time, I want to read the 19th and 20th verse. Here tells you why. Now, I want to ask you something before we read these verses. Do you believe if Jesus would have said to that whole multitude, I am the Son of God. I have come to do the work of the Father. The Father has given me power to open the eyes of all you blind, to heal all you sick people, to do all this to make the lame walk, make the withered hands come forth. I've already proved it. Now, every one of you are healed. You can go home now and be well. I believe that every person there would have been made perfectly whole. Do you believe that? I've got you between a question now, I see. 
if he was the Son of God, which we know he was, and he was kind-hearted and had compassion on the people, here he is, and then he refrains from telling them that. How could he be kind-hearted and full of love and compassion for the people? Is that clear enough to you? Some of you didn't put your hands up. But I want to know why that he didn't heal those people and turns right back around here and says, The Son can do nothing in himself. But what he seeth the Father do. What the Father shows the Son, then the Son goes and does those things that he shows. Remember our lesson this afternoon in the sermon? Lazarus, he went on away from the home of Lazarus. Why didn't he, when he come back, he said, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. But I'll go wake him. And then when he come to the grave, look, he had seen the vision. That's the reason he didn't go back. Father told him it'd taken so many days for these things to happen, then for him to go back. According to what he said here, that had to be the truth. He said, I do nothing till the Father shows me. And after three days, he said, now Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad I wasn't there for your sake, because you've been trying to get me to go over and heal him, see? And the Father, that wasn't the Father's will. And watch him when he comes to the grave of Lazarus. He said, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me already. But for these that stood by, I said it. He knew what was going to happen. You believe that? The Father had showed him. Then he raised Lazarus from the dead. And he did nothing except the Father showed him. Remember the lesson the other night in St. John? When those blind men come to him and he just walked on down the street, never paid any attention to him. He went into a house and they came in the house and said, Lord, have mercy on us. He touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. Is that right? According to your faith, be it unto you. And he touched their eyes. The man told him, he said, you'll touch your eyes. Or in other words, we believe. And he said, all right. He touched your eyes. and now according to your faith, let it be unto you. And it was done. On down through the scriptures, you can take it. Everywhere, every place. Here's some time ago, a certain man, it's well known in this congregation, well known everywhere, around. A newspaper give a real bad write-up about me, some things that wasn't right. He said, Brother Branham, they call fire of heaven down and burn that place up. I said, oh, brother, my. I said, Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you are. See? He said, what we need today is some more prophets like Elijah. He said, Elijah didn't have to have any vision for anything. He said, glory to God. He said, he went out there and built an altar and said, now you come on up here. and said, we'll prove who's God. He said, he'd come up there and said, bring your bullocks. And walked up and down, the, made fun of Balaam and said, surely he's a God. Walked out there and said, Say, come on, said, let's see what he can do. He knew where he was and said, he, we need some more prophets like that today. I said, well, if there was any prophets, they'd be like that. But I, he said, Elijah didn't wait to see no vision. I said, just a minute, Brother Lindsay. Or, excuse me, it was Gordon Lindsay who it was. I might as well say it. All right. I didn't aim to say that. But he said, we need some prophets like that. I said, Brother Lindsay, you failed to see the Scripture. I said, you're a teacher, but you failed to see the Scripture. When Elijah had put all these things in order, cut the bullocks up and poured the water on, he walked out and said, Lord, I've done all of this at your command. Is that right? Amen. The Lord had showed him first. That's right. And no true prophet of God, as Balaam said of old, when he stood down there and he sold his commercial his gift, that's right, but he was a prophet. And he said things that sticks right today to Israel and so forth. He was a prophet. He said, how can a prophet speak unless God puts it in his mouth? If he's going to be true, 
You've got to say what God says, and you can't say no more, you can't say no less. And Jesus said, I only do what the Father shows me to do. Is that right? Now, he said he'll show you greater in the healing of this diabetic that you might marvel, but I only do what he tells me. Now, if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then today it's only, I, we see what he done. And now, looky, let's watch just a little bit. Look when his ministry first started. The first thing right out of the box. They started a services, and here was a little fellow by the name of Nathaniel, or Philip. He come and got saved, and he run over to a, a place where he found one of his friends sitting down under a tree or kneeling under a tree some way praying. He said, come see who we found, Jesus of Nazareth, the one that Moses spoke of. He said, could, now the man was honest in heart. He said, could any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, you come and see. So here was Jesus had the prayer line. We say it was the prayer line. Whatever condition he was in, the Bible doesn't quote, but when he came to Jesus. When Jesus seen him coming, he said, behold, an Israelite in whom there's no guile. That shocked him quickly. How did he know me? That whence knowest thou me, Rabbi? He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. Now, he didn't step back and say, now, wait a minute. Are you reading my mind? Is that mental telepathy? Are you, are you Beelzebub? He just run and fell at his feet and said, Thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. God blessed him. His name's immortal today. Is that right? Amen. See? Now, if that same person would come and the same Jesus was standing here at the platform tonight, the man would come across the platform, he'd say, Why, you're a Christian. An honest man. An Israelite in whom there's no God. See? He said, Well, he'd say, How do you know me? Well, when you was... Uh, down here at the doctor's office with that stomach trouble, I saw you. That would make Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? All right. When he went to a woman watching, he went out one day to, uh, to Samaria. It was needful that he went by there. Sure, he had a vision. He was needful. The Father had him up there. He sent everybody away because in the vision, nobody was there but him and the woman. Out come the woman. About... 11 o'clock in the day, maybe she'd run all night and didn't get up in time, but maybe she'd cause the rest of them, they wouldn't let her get water when she did. She was a prostitute. She'd come out there and he said, bring me a drink. Now, Father just told him to go up the, uh, up the way of, of um, Samaria. So he said, bring me a drink. She turned around. She said, that's a Jew. She said, well, it's not customary for you Jews to ask we Samaritans such. We have no fellowship or no, nothing in common. Now, look at Jesus. See, he's trying to catch her spirit. You're human, see? He's trying to get that human spirit. He said, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. And I'd give you waters that you didn't come here to draw. Watch now. See, nothing yet. Father hasn't showed it just yet. She said, while the well's deep and you have nothing to draw with. He said, the waters that I give is living water, springing up. to everlasting life. Then he caught her spirit. The vision moved. He said, go get your husband. He knew where she was standing. She said, I have no husband. Said, you said right. For you've had five. And the one you have now is not your husband. Why, she said, I perceive that you're a prophet. And she ran into the city and said, come see a man that told me everything ever done. He never, she only told that one thing that she done. But if God could reveal that to him, he could reveal everything to him. You believe that? See, just what the father showed, that's what he did. Now, I want to ask you something, friends. Then, if that same Jesus, I don't want to take no more time, if that same Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, 
Now let's get the psychology part out of it, the psychic side. Saying, well, now, somebody in this group here has a stomach trouble, certainly. There's probably a lot of them. Uh, which one is it now? That's it. <laughs> See, somebody has uh, a bad eyes. Yes, a lot of you do. Which one is it? What about it? See, there you are. As King Nebuchadnezzar said that time, said, well, if the dream's gone from me, said, you soothsayers and astrologers and psychologists, said, you tell me what I dreamed about. Oh, they said, you tell us the dream, we'll give the interpretation. Said, if you can't tell me what the dream was, then you can't tell me the interpretation. But if you'll tell me what I dreamed, the thing's gone from me, reveal it back to me, then I know your interpretation's right. Who's got stomach trouble out there? Who's got heart trouble out there? Who has this? So, sure, it's out there, but who is it? What else have they done? What else in their life has taken place? Oh, brother, sister, what the Holy Ghost Church needs tonight is a good old-fashioned gospel lecturing and down to the altar and back to the Holy Ghost. Get all the psychology out of it. It's the power of Almighty God. Gifts and callings are without repentance. You absolutely receive them when you're born in this world. The Bible says that. How many believe in predestination, foreordination, election, calling, so forth? If you believe the Bible, you have to. Some of you didn't put your hands up. I want to ask you something then. Jesus Christ was the Son of God from the very foundation of the world. He is a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You believe that? He was the woman's seed that was to bruise the serpent's head. You believe that? Then he was predestinated, foreordained. Of God. Do you believe that? When Moses was born, he was a proper child and was born to prophet. You believe that? Nothing nobody had to do with it. God made him a prophet before he was born to fulfill Abraham's prophecy. How many believe that? Well, John the Baptist, 712 years before he was ever born, Isaiah saw him and said he's the voice of one crying in the wilderness. You believe that? Look at this, Jeremiah. When Jeremiah... This first chapter of Jeremiah, fourth verse, I believe it is. God said, before you was even formed in your mother's belly, I knew you and called you and sanctified you and ordained you a prophet over the nations before you was ever born. You believe in predestination for ordination? We could go around down through the scripture. Yes, sir. It's all together by grace. It's not by desire. It's by grace. God called Abraham out of that whole world of people. Why? Because Abraham was better than no, sir. It's grace. God's chosen election and call. You are what you are because the grace of God has made you what you are. Who taking thought can add one cubic to his statue? Is that right? Yeah. It's by grace. These things are called. God has set in the church. Now, Jesus said this, A little while, and the world seeth me no more. The world is the... Uh, the cosmos there, which means the world order. The world sees me no more. Yet ye, the church, shall see me. The church now, that's this church here, the believers. The believers shall see me, for I'll be with them, even in them, to the end of the world. Is that right? Then, if that is true, that makes Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? Then if he is the same, he does the same kind of works that he did then. Is that true? All right. I'm here tonight to say that Jesus Christ is here tonight and is gathered wherever two or three are gathered together. In my name, I'll be in their midst. Is that right? Now, we believe that. Don't doubt. Believe it. 
How do we take all doubt away from me? Don't wonder. What if Abraham tried to wonder? What if Jonah and the belly of the whale tried to wonder? What if all the other heroes of faith wondered? How's it going to be? As long as you can figure it out, it's not faith anymore. It's got to be something you can't figure out. You know, the day a doctor said, I, I said it'd be a minister. Studied four years. I'm becoming agnostic. I throw the thing up. There's nothing to none of it. He said, I studied Mohammed. They had virgin birth. Buddha, they had virgin birth. Here's the Bible. They, I said, just a minute, doctor. I said, you're trying to compare error with truth. That's right. People say, well, he's a, that's mental telepathy. That's reading the mind. You're trying to compare error with truth. I said, one of them's ridiculous and the other's sublime. That's right. They can't prove one thing, Mohammed can't. And neither, I said, I visit the grave of most all them founders. But where is Jesus buried today? I said, he rose again. I said, how do you know they didn't steal him away? I said, they rose again. He said, how do you know? I said, he liveth now. He said, where? I said, in my heart. That's right. I said, the trouble of it is, doctor, in the Garden of Eden, there's two trees. One was knowledge and one was faith. One was life. One was death of knowledge. The other was life by faith. And as long as they eat by faith of this tree, all right, they live. But when he got on this tree, he died the first bite he took. He separated himself from God. And man continually has been biting off of that tree. And every time he takes a bite by knowledge, he destroys himself. God destroys nothing. Man destroys himself through knowledge. Look, he bit himself off some gunpowder, kills his comrades. He bit himself off an automobile off the tree, kills more than all the wars put together. Is that right? Yeah. Knowledge, knowledge. Eating off that tree, he's got himself a hydrogen bomb. Now I wonder what he's going to do with that. See? But the trouble of these people, they figure up so much on this tree of knowledge, then when they can't figure it out any longer, they say, Barsh with all of it. Listen. In the name of the Lord, listen. When you can't figure out anymore, that's the time to believe. It's like someone going to swim. As long as you got your feet on the ground, all right. But when you step in a step off, there's the time to swim. It's, or you can't figure out. Then you believe from there on. Figure up as much as you can. Then when you can't figure anymore, then from right there, start believing. Believing. The doctor says, all right. I went to the doctor. He says, you got a tumor. I can't do you no good. It's done went through you. You're, it's malignant. I, I can't do nothing for you. Go to the other doctor. I can't do nothing for you. It's done. Then from right there, start believing. Believe from right there. Say, Lord Jesus, they can't do nothing, but I'm coming to you. See? Then God will go to moving on the scene. Do you believe it? Now listen to the disciples a little later in the six, uh, 36th verse of the same chapter. Jesus speaking rather here. Listen at him what he says now. There's all talking about we had Moses, we had this, and we had these others, you see. But listen what Jesus said. But I have greater witness than of John. Now watch. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the works which I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Acts, the second chapter, about 24th verse. Said Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by signs and wonders and miracles. They couldn't deny it. They said he was the devil. But now wait, right at the last of it here, when Jesus is going away, he taught the people in such a way they didn't understand it. They understood it by the letter. He was speaking to them as an authority. Now here's what they said in the 16th chapter, the 30th verse beginning. 16th chapter of St. John, 30th verse. Now said the disciples, 
Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou comest forth from God. By the signs and the wonders that you do, we believe that you come from God. Jesus answered and said, Do ye now believe? May the Lord God grant us. Do you now believe? If God in heaven will send his Spirit tonight in our midst, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, to anoint a human being and to show the same signs and wonders that he did back there in the days of Jesus, will you then accept him, believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And upon the merits of your faith in him, you're willing to accept your healing or your salvation or whatever you have need of. Let's bow our heads then while we have only believe, if you will. Our Heavenly Father, with loving kindness, grateful hearts, full of assurance, I realize these are great words for someone to say, but I know down through the age of my time that thou hast been near and hast helped and has showed great signs and wonders and visions. We are sure, Lord, and I know surely that there's nothing within thy poor, humble, unworthy servant that could heal anyone. But I know that your angel is near by divine gift that you call back before the foundation of the world. You knew that I was going to be here in Chicago. You knew that I had the word of life for people. That was before the foundation of the world. And way back yonder in the state of Kentucky, in a little old tumble-down shack where a poor peasant father and mother without even a, a floor in the house. When that beautiful April morning broke, you sent the Holy Spirit in the room as a divine vindication that something was ready. And now, Almighty God, who has fed me all the days of my life, thou knowest my heart, and I feel the least among my brethren. And Lord, thou knowest I'm not saying this, that they'd hear me, for I'd be a hypocrite. I say it because I love you, Father, and I know this great moment is just at hand. And then without fear, after you have commissioned to do this, and if it be your will, if you'll permit it, Lord, I come to this little platform of this humble church tonight after making these statements and showing to the people that what you was in your son years ago, you are the same tonight in your people. Amen. That you are the same, Lord Jesus. Amen. With us, even in us. Amen. And now, Lord, I have come, and I believe thou hast sent, that these words that you spoke might be fulfilled in this age. And now, Lord Jesus, there will be people coming to this platform. I do not know them. You know every one of them. And I pray that you'll heal everyone. And if it be your will tonight to break forth with power, to break forth with signs and wonders like Philip coming from the tree, if it be your will to do that, then, Lord, I pray that you'll grant it tonight as you have last night other nights, when these sinners would slip to the platform, 
smoking, drinking, and carrying on, and thought they could slip by, but your spirit knew them. Call them out. Tell them who they are and what they've done. Now, Lord Jesus, settle over this building with a reverence and an awe to the people. And may every person look straight to Calvary now and see the bleeding sacrifice of the Son of God. See the Holy Spirit descending out of him unto the Father and returning back to finish the works that Jesus laid out to be done, to preach the gospel and signs to follow to the end of the world. Grant it, Lord, and may Chicago tonight know that thou art Christ, the Son of God, and I am thy servant. For I ask it in Jesus Christ's name and for his glory alone. Amen. Thank you. All right. That's all right, Brother Bose. Billy Paul, where are you at, son? <clears throat> I have missed him some. Yeah. Right. Was you sitting there all the time? Somebody see what that lady wants for me, if you will. Um, what cards did you give out? Bees? Was it bees? All right. How many people here has prayer card B? Hold up your hand. Prayer card B. There's a hundred and something of them out here. All right. Now, let's start from, where did we start? We started from 50 last night, didn't we? All right, let's start back from one tonight. Who's got B1? Prayer card B1. B2. B3. Get about the first 10 or 15 up there. Let's have try 15. Now, we're just going to pray for the sick. I'm not here to entertain, as I say. I'm here to pray for the sick. There is no greater power in the world than prayer. Do you believe that? And now, how many sick people here on this closing night of this revival that believe that this, I have told you the straight truth and that the spirit that's bearing record here of the truth is the spirit of God. Will you raise your hand? Thank you. That's what will cause a revival to come in Chicago. That's the reason you're receiving these benefits. In the name of the Lord, I say this. Blessed is your eyes, and blessed is your ears, for you see things that many in the back generations has longed to see and has failed to see it. Blessed are your ears which are hearing, for you hear things that many has longed to hear and has failed to hear it. God bless you. Now to these it's coming. Look on your cards. There might be somebody deaf or can't hear. Uh, what did I call it? 10 or 15, was it? 15. The first 15. B1 to B15 first. I don't know what the Holy Spirit will do. I can't tell. If he speaks to the people, gives visions, I'll speak them. If he doesn't, I cannot. I'll just pray for the sick as they go through. But everyone in this audience wherever you are, you look here and believe with all your heart, and God will answer your desire. I just feel like the anointing of the Holy Spirit's coming near. Friends, how many seen the picture there in the book of that angel of the Lord? You probably got it in your house. It's copyrighted down in Washington, D.C., the only supernatural being has ever taken. 
I'm standing at a sacred desk here. God knows this is true. That same angel that you see yonder, where all the whole nation blared at, where they're trying today to get it in papers and things, but it's copyrighted. It can't be done. It'll never be till I'm dead and gone. Then it'll be brought out. But you can have it. You could buy it. But I mean, it can't be released because God wouldn't permit that. But yonder it is by all scientific research everywhere. The best there is in the United States. There's his own name, George J. Lacey. Signed to the FBI, head of the FBI agent on fingerprint and so forth. There it is. Signed by him. You couldn't get a copy of it without his signature. It's the only supernatural being that was ever scientifically proved to be real. And then right before thousands of people, many, many thousands, when they said, I was an imposter, I said, I only claim to be God's servant. I am not a divine healer. I said, I tell the truth. An angel of God came to me and told me that I was to go do this thing. If I speak the truth, then God will vindicate the truth. But if I tell a lie, God has nothing to do with a lie. And he won't bless error. Anyone knows that. I said, if I tell the truth, then God will speak that I've told the truth. And about that time, here it comes. A pillar of fire. Not like that. Hung right down where I was. And the American Photographer Association set up their camera and shot the picture. Took it. Said, I'll see if it's psychology. And went down there and put it in the assets and tested it and threw it to Washington, D.C. the same night. Returned back and been in their hands of the Douglas Studios in Houston, Texas. The only supernatural beam was ever photographed and proved. Now, the scientific world knows it's real. And real born-again Christians who are in the meeting and see the work of it know it's real. Now, what more do you need tonight but to accept it as being real, sent from God? The Lord bless you. Okay, Billy. All right. Bring the lady. Is all your 15 there? What I say? All right. The person that's holding prayer card number five is missing. If you're here, look around. Might be a deaf person. Prayer card number five is missing. They'll miss their turn if they don't come in according to their number. B five. All right. Now, just a moment. Slowly, sister, abide with me, if you will. And let's just kind of get near to God. Remember, before you start praying, look this way. The angel of God, whose servant I am, is standing less than three feet from me right now. You think I'd say that if I didn't know what I was talking about? He's moving right in. You can just feel it coming in. It's his presence. Now, Lord Jesus, come near. May a sacred, holy hush come over the people. May there be a reverence. May there be a power of God that will set the people free tonight. And may your great, holy, humble name be magnified. Grant it, Lord, in Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Now, a few friends. Now, for the last few nights, I've just been taking the people, praying for them, and whatever the Lord say, it may be the same thing tonight. I don't know. That's up to him. I want you to be in prayer, and if I haven't asked you to bow your head, bow your head. And if you've got children, keep them near you. For if the epileptic comes on the platform, that's one thing it gets away from him. I've seen here not long ago 28 people sitting out there, a minister and a whole group, take epilepsy off of a fit that was brought off of a person on the platform. And that's the truth. Remember those boys that went out and said to this epileptic, I jure thee by Jesus who Paul preaches come out? And the devil said, Now, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? 
Is that right? Remember what happened? He had epilepsy. All right. Now, lady, you come here near. Now, I just want to ask you some questions. Can you hear me out there all right? Where's Brother Baxter? You watch Brother Baxter. Now, I don't know. I believe it's going to be anointing. It's been. If it does, why? You watch this microphone if they don't get it. I never know how far it is away, you see, when it gets a few after a few. The anointing gets so deep that the whole crowd of people becomes a mass. And I don't know what I'm saying, you see. And uh, you, before this happened, I love you. I am your brother in Christ Jesus. Pray for me wherever I go. I'll always remember Chicago. Be longing to come back. Now, sister, I know you're a Christian because your spirit feels welcome. You're a believer. But now in order that we want to talk just a few moments. And, and then in this talking, like our master did at the woman at the well, he just talked to her. Told, See, you are human. I am a human. And we both have human spirits. And now, there's, if there's anything wrong in you, see, then that is something that Satan's trying to do. That's an outside being from you. You understand that? If it's a cancer, if it's a tumor, or whatever it is, it's something outside of you. It's a life growing, or whatever it might be. Now, in here, I'm just a, a man, just your brother. And now, there's anointing coming here, which you're aware of it now, see. You know it's something. I want you to watch, friend. Watch the patient's face when they come near here. Watch when it's coming like it is now. Watch them change the expression on their face when it comes. Just, just remember to watch. And now, if the angel of the Lord will come near, then the angel of sickness which would be on you, he'll go to pull him. See, the angel of the Lord's near. Now, there's both powers. And they're fighting one against the other. Now it depends on our faith. Now, that sickness, whatever you have, if that is a pulling on you, you see, it's going to try to put everything in your mind to keep you from believing that this is truth. See? And this, which is coming now, and me speaking to you, is trying to get you to believe that it's truth, you see. Now, here's the warfare. If you will believe it, then this year, Holy Spirit will pronounce the blessing, Satan has to leave. It has to be. Now, if you don't, now, after, when he goes away, you maybe get right away, feel better. He walks in dry places, and he returns back with a symptom, worse than he ever was, seven times as bad, maybe. And when he does, if the good man of the house isn't standing there, that's faith, they get away. Now, the Bible says, go and sin no more, or a worse thing would come upon you. Is that right? That means go and disbelieve anymore. Sin is unbelief. That's the first thing. That's all there is to it, is unbelief. It's sin. Because when you believe, Jesus said, he that believeth shall not be condemned. He that heareth my words and believeth on him and sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. It's all in faith, if you believe it. Now, these gifts are added. Now, here's the Word of God originally. You believe that? That's for the nation, the world. But now, if there happens to be something in your life that maybe you were keeping back, then these gifts are set here to reveal that prophetic thing. That's what God does through sovereign grace. 
Now Jesus talked to the woman a little while till he got her spirit. Then he got in the channel that she was in, as I'd call it, channel or spirit that got her into that spirit. He seen what was wrong. He went right quick and told her what was wrong. And she turned and re- he never said your sins are forgiven you. He never said nothing. But she knew that he was near, and she believed him to be the Messiah. Is that right? She said, come see a man who told me what the things I did. Isn't this the very Messiah? Now, he never said your sins are forgiven, and you don't live with those husbands no more, or, or nothing like that. He never said a word to her. She just recognized that he was the Messiah because he knew what she had done. Now, if he will come down and reveal what's wrong with you, would you recognize it to be the Messiah? The same yesterday, today, and forever? Now there's, you're bothered with some kind of a growth that's uh, rectal trouble. Is that right? If it is, raise your hand. Is that hemorrhoid? Is that right? Now that's from the back. And here's some time ago. You don't realize what you've done. But having you got some kind of a stiffness in your back or something, some kind of a, a dislocated a spinal disc, or, isn't that right? Is that right? Yes, sir. You did that when you was a child. You didn't realize when you were doing it. You didn't know when you were doing it. You got a fall when you were jumping as a little girl. And that's dislocated a disc in your back and you just found it. You're just begin to realize what it is. You've had that stiffness. Sometimes you can't get off of a, a bed or something. I see you trying to move or something through that uh, hurting in your back. Is that right? When you was kneeling here a few days ago to pray by a chair or a bed or something in a room, is that right? A picture hanging to your left in the room. You just couldn't hardly get up for your back. Is that right? If it is, wave your hand like this. Now, I want to ask you something. You heard that voice speaking. That was not me. I was looking here before you and saw a vision which you know that only God alone would know the things. Is that right? That's right. All right. Do you believe me to be his prophet? I do. Then you right now accept him as your healer? Yes. If you'll accept it right now as your healer in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. go home and be well. Thank you. How do you do this? <clears throat> do you believe with all your heart? You are very conscious of something going on. You are. You're very conscious of that. That believing that there's something supernatural. Now, that isn't going to hurt you. That's to bless you. You've never felt just that way before in your life. Like that. Isn't that right? If it is, raise your hand so that people can you. That's the angel of the Lord. Your faith is moving in now. And since you've come right here, your faith has increased tremendously. Isn't that right? Because you're in his presence now. That's what's it doing. You're bothered with some kind of a something in your throat. Is that right? Throat trouble? That's right. Now it left me. Here it is. No. 
Haven't you been, had an operation? Yes, I have. Uh, you had a, a, a tube on the breast that was cyst or something tried. cut off the breast. Is that right? That's right. Two doctors is in the room there. That's right. Is that right? I sit in a place kind of like a... All right, sister. God has confirmation to confirm your throat's healed. You go home. Look, if Jesus Christ by his power has sure got you anointed now like you've never been before in your life, and you're aware this is new to you. You know what I was fixing to say there, but you understand. See, this is new to you. All right. Now, if he's here and knows what was in your life and can reveal it to a stranger what was in your life, don't he know what will be in your life? All right, you're healed. Go home now. Everyone reverent. Be real reverent. You realize that the Master is near? You believe that? What more should you ask for? What more should you want in his lovely presence now? How would he love to heal this audience tonight? It's his divine will to do so. If you can only appropriate the faith, reason I'm talking, the anointing getting real deep, you see, and I, I, I won't get but just a few if I don't wait just a minute and kind of get myself back normally again. <clears throat> You'll never know, Christians, this side of heaven, what that takes out of a human being. Daniel saw a vision, and he was troubled at his head for many days. Is that right? Jesus said, I perceive that virtue or strength has gone from me when the woman touched his garment. When them believers stand there, that heart bleeding and moving in, something has to happen. It just takes the life right out of you. It's the human part saps away. God comes in. This thing, it breaks out into another dimension, out where nobody knows nothing about it. It's in the supernatural realm and calls up things that's been done way years ago. How can you doubt God? Throat's better now, isn't it, sister? Is that right? Raise your hand. You're healed. That's exactly. It didn't even tell you what it was. It told you what had happened. You're healed. You're all right. God bless you. Now, excuse me for asking the patient sometimes that I can't tell who's who sometimes when I'm anointed. Now, sir, you are a stranger to me. I don't believe I know you. If I've ever met you, I don't remember. This is our first meeting. If that's right, is it? It's our first meeting. Then you're altogether a stranger. Does anybody here know this man? All right. Someone knows him, man. You know the man to be an honest man. I suppose he is. He, he's a Christian, I know that. For his spirit bears record with this angel that has me anointed now. This this powerful one that comes from the presence of God that's on my mortal body now. Just like that. It isn't that light bulb up there. It's that current that's in the light bulb. See, it's not me. It's him now. I was your brother a few moments ago. I'm God's servant now. Sir, a man can make any kind of a claim, but until God confirms it, it's no good. 
If God confirms it and says it's truth, then you can't doubt God, or you shouldn't. Is that right? If we be strangers, then there's something wrong with you. I trust that our Lord Jesus will let me know what's wrong with you. If he does, then that I could not heal you, of course, you understand. He would only give you a, a little what you need, a little push of faith, perhaps, or something like that. You're aware that you're in the presence of some supernatural being. You know that. Now, the audience might know, raise your hands. You know that's a feeling that you never felt. It's, it's something, audience, I cannot explain. Surely, I should know what I'm speaking of. I say not this for glory. I say this in honor of Jesus Christ. To fulfill his words, which said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Understand. All right. That one that now is here, moving to you. That is the blessful one, the Son of God. He went to the Father sent back the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was to reveal the truth and to show things that was to come, St. John 17, or 15. Is that right? Now, life hasn't been a flower bed of ease for you, or swinging between you and I comes a long, dark road. Down this road I see you coming. There's something about the head. You're holding your head. It's headache. Yes. Is that, is that right? Yes, sir. For years. Aren't you a musician or something? Don't you play some kind of music or something, some kind of string music? Yes. Is that right? Yes, sir. Come here, brother. Hallelujah. Father. I bless my brother tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, Son of God. I ask you to heal him, Lord. May this leave him. And may he go from here tonight and get well as I ask this blessing in the name of Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. Brother, look, no one has been able to find what that was. Right. Is that right? That's right. They thought first migraine, but I've seen a tall, thin-looking doctor shaking his head when migraine was matching dream. That's right. Is that right? Yes, sir. It isn't migraine. No, it isn't. It was Satan. It's gone from you now. You yeah. Go believe him. How did you go? How do you do? Have you believed? You've tried to. Why did I ask you, have you believed? This is why I asked you. You've been prayed for before. Is that right? You have a tumor in the stomach. You're just afraid that it isn't gone. You're just a little afraid to accept it on those bases. Is that right? I'm not reading your mind. But I see when you try to accept it, 
And God in heaven knows by sight I don't remember you. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, from where I see you standing now by vision, that it was somewhere in an, an auditorium that had wings on the side like this or something. Was it Zion? Is that right? Yes. You tried to accept your healing there. Don't doubt no more. That's your trouble. Just to hanging over you like a shadow. Here's what you want me to do. You want me to cast that away from you. That's what you come back for. Is that right? Yeah. If that's right, raise your hand. I can make it go by the power of Jesus Christ, but I can't keep it away. Your faith will have to keep it away. Do you believe me to be his prophet? Yeah. No way in the world for me to know that outside of God. Is that right? Yeah. Now come near. God, this poor woman, realizing that something must be done right away. She's trying, Father, to break through, but Satan has determined that he's going to cause her trouble. But I ask for mercy for her. Now, you said the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and God shall raise them up. If they have did any sin, it shall be forgiven them. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you might be healed. Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come in this duel of faith, challenging you. Not in my own power or name. You know that I could not do that. But I come as a representative of Jesus Christ, claiming a divine gift that was ministered to me by an angel, telling me as to get the people to believe that the sickness would not stand before them when sincere prayer was made. And I pray sincerely to God. Therefore, you cannot hold a woman any longer. I charge thee by the Son of God, Jesus Christ, come out of the woman. All right, sister. Now look. Now it's gone. The life of it is dead. Now, you'll notice this. If you will keep believing as you are now, you're going to, you feel different now. Now, if that's right, wave your hand. Real light and cool. Is that right? It's dead. The life of it went out. Just like your life would go from you, your body drops. Now the life of it's out. Now that'll shrink for the next 72 hours. And then you'll feel better for about the next two or three days. Then after that, you'll get real sick. It's breaking, deteriorating, rotten, in other words. It'll be bigger than it ever was. Then go to thanking God. Don't ever doubt there. Keep thanking God for your healing. It'll go away from you. If I knew what was, I knew what will, know what will be. If he can reveal to me, he reveal what was, he can reveal what is. Yes. You believe that? You've failed your calling to him, right? You know that. Now go on. Serve God with all your heart. All right. Come, baby. Be reverent everywhere. How do you do, sister? You believe me to be God's prophet with all your heart? All right. 